and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And, and that's Siggy, and she's our yes. third host today. And uh, I'm going to do my best to Ignore keep her. her quiet. Yes, there we are. But she is right outside the door and is not shutting up. I've been out of town for a couple of days and she's mad about it. Uh, this week we are going to talk about the penultimate episode of Lisey's Story. Uh, an episode called No Light, No Spark. Is that what it is? Yes. No Light, No Spark. Episode 7 of an 8-part miniseries. But before we get started, how was your week? Uh, my week was actually very interesting. I took another um, trip out of town to a ancient hunting lodge at the top of a... Well, not the top of... Halfway up a mountain and did a lot I of I thought hiking. it was at the top. Is it really not no, at the no, top? No, no, it's not quite at the top because the hike this time was to the top. Of the oh. Mountain. So it was really lovely and I enjoyed the view. Um, it was hard going getting up there. Well, especially because you're all wounded. Yeah. A wounded. But I managed. I succeeded. That was a great sense of accomplishment. And there was like eight miles of walking the next day, too. So I feel like walking uphill wouldn't be so bad, but walking downhill walking would be downhill worse. Walking downhill is there were a couple of jolts where you weren't sure where the ground was underneath your feet. Yeah, and, and I just hurt. I also just feel like it's the way that you have to tense your body when your right. feet are pointed down. Yes. I feel like would. Yeah, and, and it, it was walking these issues. odd sort of angles to yeah. the road itself. And you didn't bring the cane or walking stick that no, I asked you no, to do. Well, it wouldn't have worked really well in some of the locations that we were at. You need a walking stick, like yeah. a German. And I've seen. <laughs> Which is very funny because I was when I was walking, um, there was a pair of German tourists mm-hmm. directly behind me, and with, they had walking with sticks. They're sort of walking. Hundred percent. They look like skis to me. And skis, using that ski way. poles. Yeah. No, they do. They use uh, one or two right. in both hands to give themselves more stability on uneven ground. Right. And they use... I said that like it was a slur or something. Right. But when I went to Italy, uh-huh. we went during the off-season, and what was there was a lot of German tourists, and they all had these walking sticks. And I was just like, this is just what... This well, is how they traverse terrain of any sort. I forget the comedian who was telling her story on This American Life about her experience of being kidnapped. can't remember her name now. And she was talking about her experience of being held, uh, or not kidnapped necessarily, held for hostage. Mm, um, that's like kidnapping. In, uh, on a tourist bus in Africa. Ooh. And uh, one of the things was that she had somehow talked her parents into taking this trip. And uh, she wound up on a bus full of German tourists. Mm-hmm. And she said that there's no corner of earth so godforsaken that she won't find a German tourist. German tourist. And which is funny because I mentioned this to a friend of ours who's Austrian. She's like, oh, God, yes, that's true. And no matter where you go on earth, you could wind up in some yeah. sort of uh, jungle backwater in some corner of the world. It and there will be, be a German tourist. A German tourist. <laughs> with a vest. Right. With a lot of pockets on it. Yes. And a walking stick or two. Yep. They're very prepared. Yes. It's a good thing. I think I spoke to more Germans than Italians when I went to Italy in the off-season. On this last trip, I did have a brief conversation with a tiny French woman who was... uh, And, uh, yeah, she was was very unusual and very odd, and she kept to herself, but we kept bumping into her. So that was kind of funny. Uh, And she'd been in the States for seven years um, and hadn't seen a fog roll in before. Oh, wow. That's a sight. It is very impressive. Uh-huh. If you've never seen it in the Bay, um, I uh, we had a friend uh, a number of years ago who's from London, and yeah, uh, he, oh. uh, he'd heard of London. I mean, seen London fogs. He says they're thin and they're green. Yeah, but he'd always he'd seen the horror movie The Fog, the John yeah, Carpenter yeah. film, and had no conception. I'm like, what's that supposed? That looks ridiculous. Oh my god! But that's what it looks like. And then he was taken pretty much the same area that uh, I uh-huh. was. Uh, with his wife uh, on that side of the bay. And as he was hiking, he he was horrified because he had no idea what it was. What this it was, huge, what's happening. Heavy it's bank a cloud. of clouds rolling <laughs> in and smothering everything underneath yep. him to almost zero visibility. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is that? That's, yeah, that's a fog. That's, that's what fog. we call that's a fog. What, that's our fog. Yeah. Right. There's no visibility. Right. I mean, when it's real thick, well, there was there's a, like, you literally can't see six feet in front of you. There was a part of the trail where. It uh, there was a very narrow trail. It was about two feet across. Yeah, 
and then this sort of embankment of hedges that went down the side of a the, the, this hill, or and it was a well not hill it was a mountain. Uh, but it was it on was Mount Tam. So sucked in by fog mm-hmm. that oh, you couldn't you could see the path in front of you. This is also why you have a walking stick. Right. Like like you'd use it like a blind person uses yeah. it to find the edges of things. Well, but we could see the the because it's better path to do that than your with your ankle or something. And the hedge on the left of you, but you could only see about two feet of it. So it literally looked like you just dropped off the earth. Like, oh, I don't know what's down there, but it's not good. I used to live in Pacifica, California, Uh which has a fog festival. So it gets, it is foggy most of the time, almost every day. Um, There is some fog. And we lived up on a hill and we had a a bank of windows on the side facing the ocean. So normally you'd see down the hill, um, it was probably about a mile and a half, two miles from my house to the coast. Um, But we were just above the regular fog line. So very often in the the evenings with the sunset, you would look out those windows and it looked like the world ended right there. You see above the top of it, uh-huh. and because it's then the ocean and, th- you know, the horizon, right. it's just this, it starts gray or white, and then it turns pink or purple, just expanse of nothingness. Yes. Forever. <laughs> and it, it was like that. There were some really beautiful moments walking through the woods early in the morning and seeing... Just this sort of like misty, it's hard to describe. Yeah. It's really hard to describe. And, and I like that kind of fog way better yeah. than I like Thule fog, which I've had to drive through, and that is terrifying because it's it's what I just described, only it's two Very feet off the ground. The ground. Right. And so when you're sitting in a car, imagine you're driving through two feet of water yeah. and you can't see what's under it. It's that, only it's. Fog. It's just this real low, dense and, and fog. I, I, I've done this trip before and other times and things, but this was, I didn't quite get all the way up to the fire outlook, which is the top of the mountain mm-hmm. in this case. Um, but watching it, uh, especially very early in the morning, when the city lights are just turning on. Yeah. And I, I took some pictures of it. I don't, they I'll have won't. to show them to you because yeah. I don't know what colors I'm looking at, but it was spectacular. Okay. I can tell tonally what it was. Uh, that it was different, it was beautiful, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a lovely trip, and I'm, I'm Very nice. taking a few more. I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of the Bay Area Yeah, in. you're going to get to go to Yosemite soon. Soon. But I have only been to Yosemite once, and it was a terrible experience. I hope your experience is better. Well, I've been once, and I slipped on a, mm. a round stone in a creek bed and dunked myself accidentally, and the water was freezing. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a better experience than that. Yeah, I tripped over a log and dislocated my knee, so it was was real heinous. I was going around the log. I knew it would happen if I tried to go over the log. Right. But the log was between our campsite and the car. So I went around the log and around the log and around it and around it, and I did it around it like 15 times. Uh And then I was just like, I'm going over the log. Don't do it. And I immediately God was trying it. to tell you something. Yeah, and uh, then we had to leave Yosemite. Yeah, I, I don't... With an IOU, because we didn't have cash to get in, uh-huh. so we were supposed to find an ATM before we left and right. pay. Um, but then we left in the dark of night, so at like 2 in the morning, because I was like, I can't sleep, like, I can't stay here. Right. I'm in too much pain. Um pack up the car we need to go. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a one time that coming back where I don't suppose the trails have been very well maintained through the... No, not now. There's so not enough staff and there's there not enough were people. two places where trees had just fallen on the trail. Mm. And it was narrow as it was and it was on a hillside. So you're literally hanging onto a branch and swinging yourself over. See, here's where... Oh, I guess we don't go any further. That's right. just how I. But it was going to be so far to back up to go back up to where the trail joined to another trail. To... Well, I, so, this but... is the end of the hike, I guess. Are there rocking chairs we could go to? Yes. <laughs> is There's there a that. Scrabble there, there game? There was the reward of, of walking chairs and occasionally a Scrabble game, but. 
Um, yeah, th- there was also a choice of Monopoly, and, and I didn't know if... Monopoly is a terrible game. That That's just going to make everyone hate their companions uh, if, if you're playing Monopoly. Just... Next time you go, uh-huh. I should give you a timeline deck. Oh, that might be interesting. Because just a deck of cards. Uh-huh. I'll just show you how yeah. to do it, and then you guys can play that. All right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Was I so, think you didn't try it. How was your weekend? Because you went out to see a friend. I did. I went down south to visit a friend. It was his birthday. I brought him a, a German chocolate cheesecake. It went over very well. Now, you have to describe this because it's more than just a German chocolate cheesecake. There was crushed Oreos. It was crust. a crushed Oreo crumb crust. It was a chocolate cheesecake. And then in the middle and on top, it had the pecan coconut caramelly, wow. you know, German chocolate topping. Right. Pretty pretty standard. Um, I had made a test one. I tweaked it, and then I it was better. It turns uh-huh. out it was better, the second one that I made, so that was good. Um, and so he liked that. We went to a steakhouse, and I ate a quail, and I felt like a giant because the bones were so small that as I was holding it, I was crushing it. Um, we played a bunch of games. I won most of them. It was a good weekend. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I went in and literally just was like, I want to win three games. I'm planning on winning three games this weekend. And then I, I proceeded to win more than three games this weekend. So Ziggy had something to add. She had a lonely weekend, apparently. She yes, was, she did. I think it's because both of us were gone. Well, I was here most of the time. I was only gone uh, for, you know, well, for far less because you were gone for, what, four days? I was gone. I left on Thursday and came back on Monday. Right. So, yeah. so I, I think that was it. But I, I also think that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of commotion in the house all the time. This is also oh, a yeah. very busy weekend. Was it? Yeah. Oh, because they had guests yeah. and okay. Yeah. So I think it was just very confusing, poor cat. Yes. And um, now let's talk. So today has already been like a whole situation. We're a day late in the record because uh, I just got home yesterday. And uh, this morning started with me watching this episode while putting on makeup. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look at it a lot. I did rewind it a couple of times because I'm like, oh, I'm going to want to see that. And uh, But it was a lot of listening. It did go by very quickly. And then the rest of my day was a pile of garbage. And so now we're here on the back end of it talking about this episode um so you want to get into yeah no light no spark named uh well let's start with originally aired on july 9th 2021 um the title comes from the sign on a hospital door where there's going to be oxygen uh-huh. in the room uh because if there's a light or a spark there's going to be a explosion right. so when my father was ill, I actually saw he was in a ward mm-hmm. where they're giving him oxygen. And I actually saw a person lighting a cigarette in a hallway and being escorted out angrily mm-hmm. because by people, security. Everyone like could not, literally die. He did. Like the, the person who was lighting up a cigarette kept going on about how he's under stress and the, you know, this is harassment. And they're like, you, you just have to get out of here. You could kill us all. Yeah. It's not about this. It's not about you, right? Actually, sir. Oh, there's some people though. You know, how I've it goes. seen people smoking while pumping gas. It's not. Smart. Yeah. No, no, no. There's a Darwin Award winner just right there. I, uh, y'all don't do that. So this episode encompasses a half an hour, maybe. <laughs> we yeah. get a long flashback, and we finally, finally. See what happened to Scott. So what happened to Scott? He died. Okay. He died of all so. of his wounds. Uh-huh. Every one of them. Most specifically, the gunshot wound. But uh, everything that had ever hurt him, that he went to the this pond, or what uh-huh. they called it? What it? The pool. Right. That he went to the pool to heal has, un, has come undone. And this is because... Well, we don't. I don't know. Well, I, I have a guess. Okay, so let's start uh-huh. with. So we start in a flashback, and and Scott is on his own, going to a reading. He's in the car with the publicist. 
um, or the event planner. I'm not sure, but for for all intents and purposes, it's a publicist job, a young lady with a severe bob. Um, and he's coughing and he's coughing and he's coughing. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. Um, she leaves him alone in the, uh, in, in the space to get ready. It looks like a hotel, but that can't be right. Uh, it was a theater. It was a theater? As a matter of fact... Oh, like one, a green room to a theater. Yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. One of the things that was really... Because the bathroom was confusing because there were right. stalls in it, but this, but it looked like a yeah, hotel. A, but a green room makes perfect sense because there's multiple It looked very people. much like, from the outside, it looks very much like our local Grand Lake. Okay. And I, I was thinking at the time, it's like, was there a standard model when they were building these things? Yeah. Once upon a time. So he gets there, he comes out, he's signing autographs out front, and a young man comes... And tries to give him something, and the, the security sort of stops him. Uh-huh. He, he's not going to hurt him, but he, de- he de- the security dude definitely keeps his hand on this sort of spindly-looking dude's chest. Mm. And uh, he says, I don't want an autograph. I just want you to know that you changed my life. You did that. You. And I made you this wand. Mm. It's a replica from, I don't remember which book. Um but the the I can't handle fictional books. We see, exactly we see the handle and the handle looks like a bunch of twisted human twisted figures. human figures. Uh, it's beautiful work. It is. I'm yeah. like uh, whatever that's made out of. That was difficult and it looks great. Right. Good job. And Scott takes that and then he's escorted into the green room. And uh, the publicist asks, you know, can the staff here come and meet you? They right. really like to do that. Um, and he says, yes, that's fine. Let me get myself together. And he's still coughing. He's coughing. He's coughing. He's coughing. He goes into the bathroom. He locks the door, and he's still coughing. He's coughing. He starts coughing blood, and then he realizes that he is bleeding from the bullet hole in his chest. Well, he's also seeing the, the place in his hand. Yes, that's how he's that's right. progress where the bullet, he actually put his hand up. Yes, and, and the it, bullet went between... Right. Which is, he's lucky he wasn't shot in the face then. Right. Um, and he's trying to bandage his hand. Um, do all the water faucets turn on first, or does he vomit a bunch of water first? No, that was on the right. stage. He does yeah. that on the stage. So all the, water's, the water comes on down the, like, the publicist is now has come back and said they're ready for you and she's knocking on the door and it's right. like a glass frosted door that's locked and she's and he she can hear him coughing and he's like let she's like let me in are you okay Should I, you know open the door she's knocking 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 and he's coughing 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 still and he was trying to bandage his hand up he's trying to cover this up and then all of the faucets right. down the road turn on because this is like a public bathroom, even though, it, like I said, it looks like it's attached to a hotel room. And then the toilet's all flush. And then we flash to see her outside the door knocking and trying the door and knocking. And then he appears behind her and says, oh, it locked behind me when I came out. So can you call maintenance to have, because my phone's in there. Right. To, to open. And she's like visibly freaked out because there's, she just heard him coughing for like three minutes right. on the other side of that door. And also it's frosted glass. She could probably make him out right. until he wasn't there anymore. And he looks better. He's not coughing at this point. And I, an indeterminate amount of time passes and he is presented on stage and he goes out. He's doing a reading. Uh, and he... People yell things at him and then he responds. Like, like yeah. hey, There's a little bit of a play of you know, fan, you know, appreciation, appreciation yeah, going stuff. back and forth, call and response. Um, and he wants to talk about how books are made before he reads from the new book. Um, and as he's trying, he starts coughing again. He's coughing more and more. And then his hand starts bleeding again. And then you hear the audience go, is he, well, first of all, when he starts coughing, you just, you hear just, um, take your time, Mr. Landon. We, you know, I mean, like they're they're supportive, but then, wait, is he bleeding? Like, is that there's this you can hear from the audience, and then he uh, vomits up gallons of water. Looks like gallons of water. Yes, there's a moment where more I, certainly than he transferred right. to Amanda in there's the scene that we saw. There's projectile vomiting. Yeah, um, but it's water, so right. it's. Uh, 
It's just Clive Owen standing there with his mouth open right. and some CGI water. Um, and then he collapses. And then we hear, we see Lisi being woken up by the phone. And uh, she asks him, you know, she just is like, hey, babe, you know, what time is it there or whatever? Or how did it go? I think. And then it's a woman's doctor, woman, uh-huh. a, do- a woman doctor, a lady doctor. Um, also known as a doctor. A doctor, yes. yes. A do- but it's a woman's voice. Yes. This is the first thing that she hears. This isn't your husband. This is Dr. So-and-so at this hospital. Uh, we have your husband here. Um, he's collapsed, and you should get here uh, as soon as possible. Right. And uh, so she does. We do see her going, get there. The publicist is trying to tell her what happened, and she's just like, mm, well, that's nice. Yeah, there's nothing really. <laughs> not rude, but just yeah. like, I, I can't. You're not a doctor. Right. I'll come back for this information. But yeah. Right now, I need to talk to the doctor and my husband. That's what I need to do. The doctor is saying, we've never seen wounds reopen like this. Right. We've never seen water expel like this. Um, it's clearly something viral, but we don't know what kind of virus it is because the the symptoms would indicate a virus. Um, he has declined a ventilator because he wants to talk to her, and she asks how bad it is, and she he's she's like his fever's one hundred and six, and I I don't I he's di- and he's an organ failure right he's dying. Organ failure is the sort of like death knell. Yeah. They, they, she they goes very, you very rarely can you right. pull out of that. So she goes in and asks the doctor to go get her ice or something like that. And then it's like, just leans over to Scott and it's like, let's go to the pool. Let's go. I don't know what we're doing here. Let's go. And he is very weak, but he manages to get out. I can't get there. The long boy is in the way and I can't right. get there. Now, it was weird because earlier I, I thought, okay, so they talked a little bit about doubles and they talk a little bit about doubles later in this episode. Uh-huh. When I saw the Scott behind her, I thought that it was not the same Scott that we had seen before, but then he's the one who broke down. Right. So I guess it was. It seemed like a weird doppelganger situation, but I guess that's n- not what it is. I don't, it's unclear to me. I'm still unclear on the doubles issue. Um, but Scott basically just is like, you know, you saved my life. You're the love of my life. And then he dies. <laughs> right. So he, he's saying that the moment that we saw earlier yeah. where his brother grabbed him. Oh, yes. And was trying to harm him that he uh, punctured his skin, at least the back of his calf. Yeah. And that, that infected him. And so he oh. is, it's like the evil, enough of the evil got inside of him where he has to take these, he's like, take the curative waters. It seems like a part of a, a regular. Like every, all, every, every once in a while. Right? And so this time. Oh, oh that's he, right. Cause he said the dad cut him real bad, but it didn't, yeah. it didn't do what it needed yeah. to do. So he's, um, he's can't get to the actual curative waters. And he can't repair himself. He yeah. doesn't want to take the chance. I, I don't know what... I'm still curious uh, about what the long boy does and what it represents, because I still have no clear idea other than that it's this really disgusting mass of people. Mass of people with bright, glowing eyes. Right. Like headlights. And... Um, Deadlights? Oh, there you go. You made a connection. I've made a connection. It's a Stephen King connection. I get a point. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, so it seems like if any of that's to be credited, yeah, because these stories are so weird, yeah, um, and I still don't understand the logic of it. Uh, so yeah, he, he dies. He and dies. It was really good again seeing a scene where he's not speaking like a child. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't hold for some of the other characters, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, there was really There's weirdly some... childish behavior from yeah some of the characters in the story. Yeah. Like, the, it's almost as if, like, in this particular episode, the three sisters, once they're together, there's a lot of... There's infantile. a bickering, and, and, yeah, they revert to eight, nine, and twelve, right. or whatever, however old they were at, at a specific yeah. time. But even switched, uh, we'll get to it. But, right. um, so, then we see a flashback to the funeral, uh-huh. and we just see Julianne Moore sad, 
like we've seen this whole yeah, fucking more Ju- series. Yeah, more Sam Julianne Moore, because we yes. need more of that. I will say something about this scene, though, that I think really helped me understand the character better. And the way that she was treated. And perhaps mm. Dooley's... Uh, Awakened this rage well, in her this from feeling, us. because every, she is, and the professor are both saying, you are a bed warmer, you're just the wife, yeah. whatever. Constantly. And as she's going through her home, there's a long tracking shot of her yeah. going through her house, and nobody is speaking to her. No. They're speaking to each other. Right. About, but nobody is offering condolences. Nobody no, is. nobody. And, yeah. and so it's, it was an interesting scene because it shows how isolated she is yeah. in this community. Her husband was sort of a savant in ways. He's yeah. kind of childish, sort of a little simple, frankly. Yeah. And he had a way of connecting with an audience. Mm-hmm. And so all these people, who these literati, yeah. let's say, sort of exploited that talent for their own ends. Yeah. And now that he's gone, they're all sort of wondering what they're going to do to move on. But yeah. here's his wife, who was the same sort of... It, it's like a watching a class situation. Yeah. She's economically... She was a waitress when he met her. Yeah. So she's from that he same class. He was nothing. Right. From he that had same not group. published a book yet. And so when she's wandering through here, they treat her like a waitress. Yeah. But nobody speaks to nobody her. Nobody connects to her. her. No, no one yeah. says anything to her at all. So I got that scene, I think, was really helpful in getting across the sense that she's alienated. And the reason why she's not, maybe she's withholding on turning in these books because they... Yeah, because treat me with a modicum of respect. I'm not saying that I did anything. Right. But I did support him. Right. And that's not nothing. And he's not, he wasn't... And it's and and he wasn't rich and famous when I met him. It's right. not like I came in an hour ago. Right. It's been years and years and years. Like yeah. we don't know how many years. And it's interesting that they don't. We don't really know how many years because it's you know them younger with right. longer darker hair, and that's how we know and when they're makeup, right? when they're married, right, or when they're when before they're married. Um, but it's interesting that they don't have kids to mark the passage of time. Right. Which would have been a helpful or something else. Right. And I mean, and I don't mind that they're childless, but no, like... I think it would have helped in it terms It literally of, could have been five years, right. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. Probably that's about as much as I would guess. But yeah. at any of those time periods... I, I'd guess 15 to 20 is, right. is feels about but right. Yeah, yeah. But with no children... There's not even a way to ballpark it, which I just think is an interesting, an interesting thing. Um, so now are we caught up on yeah, past? Then we see a brief scene. It's very dark, and I just heard it's um, Officer Dan saying he's going to swing by the the Landon place because he's got a weird feeling, and then he's going to head back to the station. Right, y'all. You remember that Lisi said. To tell the sheriff and or, or the police chief that I don't know if it's a sheriff or police chief I don't know what their right. formula is there that there that the threat has gone that directly leads to the death of Officer Dan. Now there's we've talked about this before. There are certain kinds of scenes and images that Stephen King seems to like. Yeah, you have characters named Ollie Weeks and Dolly Weeks. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but this one is a lot like the image of the dead cop in the secret window mm-hmm. with the bullet hole in his yeah. head. And the stranger, this, you know, it's almost like it's the same character from secret window. Uh, the, this sort of like Kentucky fried. Yeah. Villain. Danger. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just Southern danger. <laughs> uh, and we know Jim Dooley's getting ready to come, and he's got a gun. And um, we find out night like, goggles, night, night vision goggles. Yeah. goggles. And then um, we see it's. I don't quite understand what we see when we see Amanda and Darla coming, walking through, and just sort of looking off over a, a little stone wall. Mm-hmm. And Amanda's got the a hockey this a hockey stick in her hand, right? And I'm not sure where they are or what is happening there. But they end up going, I, I guess they went to Darla's house, and then they go to Lisey's house to meet uh-huh. her there. 
Um, and Lisi has been trying to, like, sort of practicing. Right. She's, like, going to Booyah Moon and coming back. Um, so she kind of pops in on them, and they're like, ugh. And Amanda has made a stop at Darla's house, but couldn't pick up any fucking sweats or something. She's still in her pajamas yeah. and robe from the asylum. There's some things that these three do here that make no sense no to sense. me at all. No sense. Now, they're on a, they're on a clock, but right. still. And we get the plan. And the plan is for Lisi to pull Jim to Booyah Moon. We don't know what her plan is after that. We do figure it out at the end of this this episode. But her backup plan is to have her sisters in the bathroom. And when she says a safe word, which there's actually that 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 was funny. That was really funny. So she's like, we should have a safe word. And Amanda... It's like, oh, like an S&M. And Darla's like, ugh, were you in such a... The, the dude that just... The, like, it was getting married to somebody else that she right. was upset about, or Bill or whatever, into that. And she goes, ugh, as if. His he his idea of wild sex or, or kinky sex or whatever was leaving his socks on or something <laughs> like that. And... uh and their safe word is green lawn, which, when it is uttered, is actually shouted in in context of in in, in no context. I'm like, right. you don't need a safe word if you're just gonna yell it, and it's not like in a sentence. I don't understand. <laughs> like, just yell stop or help or something. Like, so she says, I'm gonna talk to him, and they're like, why do you need to talk to him? And he's, she's like, I need to get close to him. Right. And um, I'm going to talk to him, and then I'm going to take him. I need to be able to touch him to take him right. over. And but, but the backup plan is for them to come out and, like, dogpile him if she gets into trouble. And I'm like, why isn't that just the plan? Right. Which is... I, I, think... I guess she wants to not have them in harm's way. They're in fucking harm's way. Well, they're all going to be, and it's you shouldn't plan an ambush if you don't know how to ambush, ambush. people properly. That's the other thing. So yeah. nobody has a gun. I was wrong. I really did think that, that one of them, I, th- I thought Amanda was going to be like, or Darla was going to be like, no, 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 I've got a gun. She shoots him with something. Oh, the ta- there's a taser. Maybe she did have the gun. I missed. I, I missed the, a lot of the struggle was hard to see. It was very it, like, no like the entire program. Apparently, it dark. Was, yeah, I, I don't. And I, I think we have to watch the next one in the at yeah. night because I don't think we can see much of Booyah Moon yes. in the daylight. I, I, and I, I'm a screen. huge believer in. Uh, I was having this discussion with somebody just this weekend about how it's harder for you or, or my kid to watch older movies because everything's super bright. Yeah. The day for night photography, all yeah. of that. Everything's really we bright. Didn't and have, it just looks fake. Right. And but we, it's also easy to see. I can see what's happening. We didn't have cameras back then that could move at such a record at such a high speed that anyway. you could actually see. So you just saturate everything with light. Yeah. So Although single source lighting and things like that are more realistic. This is like going into a cave and I'm you like You just can't see a damn thing. Why? And Yes. At first, I thought I was just getting older. It's like, oh, no, no, this is... No, things are darker right. now. They're yeah. much darker, and so you're lighting scenes by candlelight, lighting by shadows, and you can't clearly see a lot of what goes on. Yeah. And I viewed... You can in a dark room. Yeah, but I mean, I even viewed these under optimal conditions. I was oh, okay. watching it on a big television at night. At night, okay. And I still... It was very confusing what was going on. Okay. You were getting it more by noise than Interesting. anything else. Yeah. And I think it's also because you have three actresses... Uh, Going at, at who, who are all their past their their stunt fighting age for maybe, sure hundred percent yeah they that. don't want to show right. the tussle so I mean just, it's bad it's clear that it's bad it's not uh, it doesn't go well for these it three. doesn't go well and, but uh, that's what was so frustrating because they it's just so badly done because just up until then the dynamic is the the scene that comes across as very childish is okay so. The plan is they're going right. to hide in the bathroom, and if she says green lawn, they're going to come out right. and jump on him. Now, Amanda has a, a hockey stick that Darla makes uh, very clear that if anything happens to it, her husband is going to be pissed. And I'm like, uh, well, then why is else. it here? Right. Like, that's stupid, but whatever. You have six maces and three tasers. Like, I don't know why a hockey stick is the thing. 
Uh, once again, also a robe. That's like a cape. It's dangerous. You can mm. get caught up on a thing. Anyway, so they're going to hide in the bathroom. So they go in the bathroom. Well, um, uh, Lisi sets up the lighthouse. And I know as she's doing it, I'm like, she thinks that he's going to be able to see her. Like, he thinks that we're going to have right. a Silence of the Lamb moment. And he, she's absolutely right. And what right. she does with it is very smart. Uh, so she sets up that lighthouse, which apparently was a gift from the publisher uh-huh. after Coaster's daughter did so well after they gave him, what, 250 bucks or whatever. a very for large the... <laughs> model of a lighthouse. Yes. It's, uh, that's the thing. We've been seeing it, and I thought it was like oh, no, no, seven no. inches tall. And then she picks it up, and it's like two and a half feet high it's, or something. It's, it's, it's big. more than half her size. It's yeah. enormous. Yeah. So she's setting that up, and, and Darla and Amanda go in the bathroom, and then Amanda goes, I have to pee. And Darla, Darla looks at her and is like, don't you dare. And then she go. Then we hear Amanda like yell, "Lisey, I have to pee." And Lisey's like, "Well, you're in the right place for it because they are, in fact, it, hiding it, in the it, bathroom." Darla won't let me. And Darla's like, "You're a grown woman. You can hold it." And I'm like, "Also, just sit on the toilet. Darla's not gonna push you off of right. it. That, just pee." If and you I have don't to know pee. if the suggestion is that when they're all together, they start slipping into some sort of. But Amanda's the oldest and right. really treats Lisi like she is the oldest. I, I don't... It was really... That was interesting to it me. It was a weird dynamic. But it was a weird dynamic. I was like, why is this happening right part now? Part of the very childish kind of behavior that we see yeah. from everyone at yeah. one point or another in this... Yeah. 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 Where well, I'm just like, they're, they, they're adults and they can talk like right. adults. Now, not to say that we don't goof around and talk like kids sometimes, but... Right. Not like Not this. Not in a crisis situation. Think. We're just sitting around. No, it, we're putting serious faces right. on. We're plugging As on our phones and we're putting having, on pants. Right. As you were driving a getaway car, we were trying to retrieve a stolen computer. Yes. No. Is, yes, we were. We're not. doing the serious thing. Yeah. Uh, That's a story for another time. And um, then Dooley shows audience. up. I think he turns the power off. Right. He right. Does. And he's got, as we said. Night goggles, night vision goggles, uh-huh. and a gun. Because he's going to, assuming that he's just going to meet one small woman, he's not going to take any chances. Right. But his plan is to kill her. Right. He is not there on any sense of good faith of getting this pa- the, these, these papers. She is just the wife, and she is holding out on the world that all the things that he, that Scott Landon left behind. Right. And Jim Dooley is the prophet that is going to take all of this to... He really sees himself like Moses with the Ten Commandments. But he's actually more like St. Paul. But, right, that's, when he, <laughs> right. that's sort of what he's, he's picturing himself. himself into a position he that no one He has decided that he... Yes. Yeah. And he is going to deliver these works unto the world. Right. And he is the prophet of these works. That is, that's what yeah. it feels like. Like he is Moses coming down off the mountain with the commandments. Um, and they fight. And she, she does turn on the um, lighthouse. Uh-huh. And that's how we know she's, she's like, uh, and it blinds him because right. it's the bright, it's a super bright light into night vision goggles. And it would, that yes. would blind you. Uh, but he like goes right for her neck. Yeah, he's very strong, apparently. Well, that's that's the and I, this is something I complained about with this scene. These and again, I can't say we're like trying to gauge the abilities or the competence of people. Yeah, in these scenes, but these the three sisters yell and scream before they attack him so he always knows where they're coming knows from. Knows where they're coming from. Yeah. And that was You going to go through this fight scene with cuz I it was it was chaos and I couldn't really yeah, follow it other than that's, these right. women are very lucky lucky they have not died already. And, he's being, and they were in a position uh-huh. to make this not be what it is. Right. And so, especially, and, and he had what, night vision goggles and was coming up those stairs. Right. They, but they could have booby trapped those stairs. Right. There was a lot of other things they could have done. Um, they're constantly screaming before they do. So he, he like, of course, he knows, he knows exactly where, where they're, they're coming, coming from. from. Yeah. Um, and he's got the goggles. He is blinded the, momentarily. But the thing that bothered me is the fact that he seems to suddenly be indestructible. He's 
I think and, he's and got the, that. I think that was staged because he's strength. He's uh, and again, I'm just again from yeah. my, he's five, he's two inches shorter, the actual actor. Yeah. Than um, Julianne Moore. No, no, than oh. uh, Joan Allen. Oh. And and she's the one with the hockey stick, and so there's a lot of staging to make it look like this is. They, yeah. she, they probably would have killed him if they actually. But she has yes. a hockey stick. Joan Allen, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Julianne Moore <laughs> would destroy <laughs> Danny DeHaan so in just, a second. It just looks really kind of unconvincing because I was thinking how the character who approaches him in the crowd and yeah. hands uh, Scott Lane in the wand. Yeah. Who's looked. a real young Jesse Plemons. Mm-hmm. He like, he isn't, but he looked like a young Jesse More Plemons of a killer like. than Dane DeHaan does. Uh, Dane DeHaan's greasy sheen yeah. makes him look like a well, killer. Well, it, it looks like, actually, all you had to do is, like, strike a match and set him on fire with Ooh, his own grease. like a that, kerosene. That be flammable. A kerosene but, man. Yeah, it was, it was just, like, such Because it was so hard to follow what was going on. Yeah. Other than the fact that he's ringing them off and headbutting them. And then the other thing was, I'm not sure where his character is supposed to get the train to apply a Kota Gaesh, which is what he does to Julianne Moore. He's like breaking her wrist the whole time. I could see him finding that on the internet. Which you could, because he's also... And he's not trying to do it well, right? right? He, he, no, he's, he's like, if I break her, I don't thing. care. He's like, doing it really badly. You don't you don't strangle the person's arm like a snake. Right, exactly. Um, but if you so, saw it on the internet right. and you and didn't that, care that about injuring thing. somebody, right. then this is exactly what That might happen. be a character thing where it's like, well, he learned how to do this watching a self-defense video online. Right. Which that could actually make sense, because I was going, why is he doing that so badly? Um... But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just weirdly staged, and it seems like people just flying in from corners and screaming, yeah. and, and then, uh, and then of course, and then she shoots him. Right. They shoop over to Booyah Moon. She she gets him and she takes him. Right. And then I don't know how they separate when they're there. Yeah. But they end up separated. They're not in the same place. He's frightened because he's. You know, he was not expecting this. To go into an alternate Which, reality? Right. Yeah, same. But um, the thing is that it almost seems like a reward for him to see the actual reality of the right. places that Right, but it's interesting, described. too, because he's mad that he's there. Right. Not because he's there, but because she right. exactly. took him there. This isn't yours. You stole this, I think she sa- he says to her. Yep. You're just the wife, which he says like 16 times in the show. What is his problem with well, wives? Well, he's strangling her saying, no wives, no wives. Yeah, that's right. And I I, uh, I can understand that what we're aiming at is a certain kind of misogynist. And we were just talking about this this morning. Yeah. Is that but why? I'm not sure why this character, as crazy as they were, uncrazy, I don't like you. We don't one, like that term, but. But as unhinged as they are. Yeah. And dangerous. We need this level level of misogyny. But as you were saying when we discussed it today, maybe there's an experience that we don't understand that Stephen King has had with fans yeah. and with you know his his yeah. uh, the kind of fans that he can attract. He can attract. Yeah. And maybe he's been he open is. About that. Maybe he's because the the weird thing for me is it's pretty clear that. Scott Landon didn't feel this way. Right. And and didn't put it in his books. Right. Because I think Lisey would have said, hey, this is fucked up. Right. And we would have heard that this was a thing that he had fostered. Yes. Yeah. But it is it does not seem that way. It's very clear that he loves her. Um and does not feel like he is in any way better than her no. or anything like that. No, he's uh, the, the opposite of that. It's yeah. like you rescued me. Yeah. So yeah, my sense is this feels like a warning off of the people who constantly do things like refer to Tabitha as the wife of Stephen King when right. they're when it's her doing the philanthropy and her doing the thing and and and, and he you know th- then the response is well it's his money well no motherfucker it's their money because that's how marriages work right. like. It's well, just... there was, I think, with his relationship with Tabitha King, uh-huh. she's a writer too. She is. And so. And an editor. Like, she she right. does. She's first reader of all of his stuff. Yeah. I guarantee you that there's more of Tabitha in his books than you think there there's is. There's a description very clearly of, you know, when he's talking about his writing, 
the, particularly those early days when they just had nothing. Nothing, yeah. Nothing, and they were flat broke, mm-hmm. and they're just getting by. And he's teaching. Right. Yeah. And so the person who goes through that with you, yeah, that person is a huge support system. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you can't work as a writer without having some sort of security behind you. Right. Because I, I know that even in my small way for myself, that it's really hard I, to sit down in front of my computer or even writing longhand when I'm thinking about bills that have to be paid yeah. and things like that. And so somebody who takes that off of you is doing a whole lot. Yeah. And it's not rele- relegating her to that position. No. But at the same time, she protected him. Yeah. From a lot. And, and also had and raised his children with him. Right. That's not nothing. Oh, that's something. Uh, um, yeah, no, I mean, and 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 she directs all of their philanthropy. Right. You know, and if, I mean, she could just as easily just spend all the money that comes in right. on frivolous bullshit. And he could be broke. I don't know that he could be broke. He He makes... A lot of money. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, right. he is secure and his children are secure largely because of their partnership. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, not just the wife. Um, so, they, well, what I should say is um, during that conversation, before the bathroom fight, uh, there was a conversation where um, Lisi is trying to find out about doubles and about the Afghan because there was the, the Afghan was both there and here. Right. And sometimes he was a double. And, and Amanda says, you know, I think he knew how to get there, but I don't think he really knew much else at all other than the pool. Right. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the doubles. I don't know what that's about. She says, okay, well, did he say anything else to you, you know, the day that he, you know, baby birded you with with magic water? And uh, uh, she says something, uh, that he said something about Lisey's Lisey's story. Uh Hey, it's the title. Yes, I thought that was weird that we get that now. Yeah. So close to the end, we get, oh, here's the, the... The, I don't mind it because that's how a book works very right. often. And so this is a Stephen King is a novelist, right. not a screenwriter. Guys, I'm going to say it again. Stephen King is a novelist, not a screenwriter, right. which might be some of the reason that this uh, dialogue is so rough. Um, but sh- they say, but he didn't dedicate any of his books to you, did he? And she said, no, I asked him not to. And they said, you know, they talk about why. And she says, because um, in a marriage, you have to keep some things separate and private for just you. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really answer that question. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. And she says, you know, if we hadn't done that, we, we never have made it through the fame and money and all the extra stuff. We needed those private things. And I'm like, that doesn't really answer the question of dedication. Right. So that was a weird answer to get to the thing that she wanted to say right then. So we're wondering what Lisey's story is or where Lisey's story is. Which is is probably what the last episode is going to be all about. Uh, It is called Lisey's Story. Look at that. So you're probably right. So they are, okay, so, but but back to them, she has shooped him over to Booyah Moon, and he is in awe and angry and yelling. They're yelling at each other, and she's yelling at him, but not really at him. Right. She's calling the long boy, um, who does make an appearance, and we do get a better glimpse of him, and yes, he is people, and very bright eyes, and he puts one hand, or, like, appendage down uh-huh. and put like peers over the trees with his big head and then she says there you are and that's yes, the end which is exactly what you said was going to happen last week so yeah I'm pretty smart um, but so we're at a point where they are now in Booyah Moon and the end game is what's going to happen what's going to happen is going to happen uh, apparently Officer Dan was shot by uh our Jim Dooley character, which I didn't see, but then he kn- I, I'm pretty right. sure that's what happened. And that's a bummer, and that's on Lisi as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, any damage to Darla or Amanda, 
also on Lisey because they are making terrible decisions together. They could have booby-trapped that house. They could have booby-trapped the house. They, they could have booby-trapped that right. house, gotten him in a position where he was bound somehow. Right. Zip ties are your friends, y'all, and gotten him over there. I don't know why she would go in fighting the way that she did when right. she has no fighting skill or prowess. And he clearly has just come to murderate everyone. So, that's this episode. That is Ziggy outside crying. Next week, we're going to watch the last the episode. episode. La finale. It's called Lisey's Story. Oh, okay. It's li- that's literally what it's called. And uh, what did you think about this one? I like this one better. I, like I felt like it went by it, in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Things happened. I again have issues with the pacing of this whole show is bonkers. It's just it could have been told in half the time. Yes. And it's also unrelentingly grim. And it's so grim. the characters make really dumb choices. And the dialogue is they are saying it like they believe it. Right. So that is good on the actors, bad on the Stephen King, the writer of it. Buddy, hire a screenwriter. They have a special skill. Right. You could, he could have outlined what every scene was and just had a screenwriter come right. in and fix it. I, I think that part of the issue is the fact that, that it's not always a transferable skill. And so it... No, I agree. People write what they write because that's what they're good right. at. Yeah. I love you, Stephen King. Stop writing screenplays. Write treatments. There we go. Write the treatment. Lay it out. This is what each episode should be. You can be a story editor. And then put, and then put, yes, and then put a screenwriter in in charge. And then just have. And let them make it for television because you write books and this is television. That's my soapbox where I can tell a rich, famous, powerful man what he should and shouldn't do with his life and he can never hear it. So there we go. We've done it. I'm success. Uh, So next week, Lisa's story. Before next week, do you have anything you would like to recommend to anyone? You know, I didn't get a chance everyone. to catch up on things I know. this last week because I've been so busy. I did read a very interesting article that I completely disagree with. And Fun. that was uh, <laughs> someone who's recommending uh, The Mist, the uh, series. Oh, interesting. As uh, the best Stephen King you haven't seen. Well... I mean, depends on what you've seen and haven't seen. Yeah, but it has no relation to the actual book, The Mist, aside from the fact that there is a mist. Not a good ad. It is not what I would call a good adaptation. Well, it it also has it has very weird issues in terms of who the villain turns out to be in the story. Um, There is it unnecessarily complicates the situations in the story. It focuses a lot on uh, a family that gets split apart, including an unfaithful mom and a a daughter who was raped, supposedly, by yeah. her boyfriend. It turns out the rapist is actually her best friend, the only gay character in the entire story. Who doesn't turn, who turns out not to be gay. Right. But he's a rapist. What, and the, what was really yeah, I forgot frustrating about that. That's a bummer. Is that... One of the things that made the book so much novella, so much fun, and really provided a lot of enjoyment for the film, is that it is a monster kids story. Yeah. It's about monsters, and it's about monsters in all sorts of forms, and four-winged pterodactyls, and giant wasps, and creepy spiders with skull faces. And probably dinosaur. It felt, yes. (laughs) It felt very much like the producers of the television show thought that was childish or something and decided to go in another direction. And that was what was frustrating about it. It's almost as if to say we're too sophisticated for that kind of material. So I'm not sure why somebody's recommending this as the best Stephen King I've never seen. I've seen it, and it falls far. It really lacks the the visceral punch of the the film. It's funny because it's got some great people in it. Yeah, it does. But yeah, it was just like, but where's the. But I wanted to watch The Mist, though. Right. This isn't... This is not that. Right. Um, people sitting in a 
shopping mall arguing over resources isn't all the stories about and of course you know it was better when it was a supermarket frankly but the dynamics of all these people building up to to uh to try to either make their escape or to stay behind there's it's a novella there's just enough for yeah two hours of story yeah it's designed that way there's not enough for multiple episodes that seem to go nowhere yeah yeah i didn't care for it but also like I don't know why they made it into the dome the way they did. Yeah. Several seasons? What? Are you, what? Uh, yeah. There wasn't enough story to tell there. And no. Just, and you wind up killing off all the characters. I, I loved uh, Rachel Lefebvre. Is that her name? The yeah. actress. I loved how it got to be so formulaic every episode that she basically tromps it, literally tromps into a scene with her hair bouncing behind her and someone runs up to her and tells her a new problem, running out of water. Oh, yeah. And she runs off in that direction. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many, if you've seen that uh, program, you'll know, how many episodes just begin with Rachel Lefebvre walking purposefully somewhere. Purposefully somewhere. And we don't know where. And then someone just running from off screen and telling her a new problem. Yeah. Or I'm where the scientists on the other side of the dome, or, you know, this corner of the dome, the town that we've never heard of before, or the power plant that we've never heard of. Before. It's like they yeah. just kept adding new details. Yeah. Um, and new people that you haven't seen. It was kind of like when Lost started introducing new people uh, in this group Which of survivors. Which is wild because they had enough. Right. They had a large enough cast where you didn't need all these other people being but introduced. But I guess they wanted more seasons. But once again, it it's a novel. Right. So you should get... And they just ch- totally changed the ending. So right. So I don't... Mm, loosely based on... <laughs> Well, yes, when you have a character who starts the story kidnapping a woman and tying her to a cot in a bomb shelter, and that winds up being one of the heroes at the end of the story, you've gone on too long. Because then it's like, well, they don't really get their comeuppance, and now they're one of the people you're rooting for, and I can't make that kind of switch in my head. So don't watch the Mists miniseries. Right. I mean, part of the reason I brought this up is it was just sort of startling that there were people recommending it and going, no. I mean, check it out. It might be for you. I can't recommend it. But it's not the story. It's not. But very few adaptations are, realistically. But the Mist was such a good adaptation. It is. It is. (laughs) Right up until the end. Oops, what? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think the ending works perfectly. Yeah, but it is not from the book. So no, it's not. depending on where you want to but draw your line enough, on... Interestingly enough, it was done with Stephen King's permission. He liked oh, yeah, the yeah. ending. No, he definitely... He actually because likes the ending better than his ending. It hammers down his Old Testament philosophy. Yeah. Re- uh, well, it really just... Thing. If you had done the these right steps, this wouldn't have happened to you. But it, your lack of compassion made everything go wrong. She's not Sad in the room with us, but it sounds like she's in the room with us. Yes. So um, is there anything that you have to recommend? Did I you get don't know. Play a game with a friend. Okay. Make a <laughs> the pie. computer game Baba is You. It's a it's you can get it on iOS uh-huh. or Android, I think. So you can play it on your phone. It is just a little computer game. Um it's like a puzzle game. Right. It's really interesting and weird. And I've been playing it before I go to sleep. Okay. So that's pretty good. You are, well... Baba? mm, Baba. Sometimes Baba is you. Sometimes Kiki is you. And sometimes Dora is you. Okay, I'm very confused. The whole of the thing is it is an 8-bit, very basic graphics. All of the rules of the world are in uh, text. And it's three, typically three words. Um, A noun is or and but is is the big one and then an adjective so like wall is stop means you can't walk through the wall but if you move the wall if you move those if you separate those three words from each other Mm. then you can go through the walls so you're trying to change the rules of each level to match the win condition, or to make a win condition that you can succeed at. So it starts with flag is win, and you have to touch the flag. Like, your right. little avatar has to touch the flag. But later, sometimes you say, Baba is you and win, and then you just win. <laughs> so there are various um, nouns that you can push, pull, 
stop, block, melt, float. So there are various things, Mm -hmm. like words that you can associate with various items on the screen, and you're moving the text around to create a positive wind condition that you can achieve. And it's pretty fun. It's like it's a very interesting puzzle game that isn't like really anything else. Uh, And I have been playing it on my iPad, and it is good. Good. So there you go. Sounds like That's something. Uh, Next week? Lisey's story. Lisey. Until then, if you have questions or comments or concerns, oh, we'll also talk about what we're doing next. Okay. Uh, if you have questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at latecomerspod, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. You should also be able to listen to us on Facebook if you want to. Mm. Uh, until next week. I would like to remind you to take your medicine. We remind you better late than never. Yeah.